Tables Parlay, episode 10, coming up. Welcome back to Tables Parlay 2020. Can you believe it? We are in another era, another decade. And it's been some time since I last recorded. I've been going through some health challenges, but I am very hopeful that I'll come out on the other side. And so this year, I am even more excited of giving you more content that brings inspiration. Tables Parlay, where we parlay conversation into inspiration. That's what we do. So this month, starting off 2020, I really wanted to give honor to single parents. And you may wonder why single parents. I was raised by a single parent, my mother. And recently I sat down and sometimes we don't really hear our parents' point of view. And I sat down and I listened to my mother's journey as she raised four children all by herself. I watched as a little girl, I was the baby of the family, and I watched her struggle and work through anxiety. And yet we always had food on the table. I always had a roof over my head. I may not have had the, the you know, the snazziest, hippest clothes, but I was, I was clothed, I was fed, and I was sheltered. And uh, I watched how she did that all by herself, a single mom, three boys, one girl. And so I wanted to hear her point of view. And when she began to share how from the age of 18, 19 years old, uh, getting married very young at 19, having back-to-back-to-back children, boys, and the challenge of having postpartum depression and yet still not understanding why she was so depressed and in an era where they really didn't have the knowledge that they have for postpartum depression back in the 60s and 70s when she had given birth to my brothers. Uh, And so just listening how she had to show up every time, it gave me such a great perspective and respect for her, her strength. And though there were lots of mistakes, as in parenting, you're gonna make mistakes, You can never hold resentment towards your mother or father if they are single parents. You have no idea how difficult it is to raise a child. So it got me to thinking. I said, you know, this is very inspirational. I'm sure I have several friends that are single parents, both male and female, single moms and single dads. Um, My brother, part of his life was a single parent. And I just really want to honor those who are out there showing up every day, showing up in responsibility and taking care of your children by any means necessary. So today we're going to do a two-part series honoring single parents in honor of my mom. Today we're going to highlight dads. And you say, why dads? Because there is an increasing number of single parenting 
by fathers. There's more and more single fathers um, that are out there raising children, doing the dishes, cooking the dinner, doing the the daughter's hair. Yes, doing the daughter's hair, hair, um, taking them to camp, to recitals, to practice, and showing up every day. And many times we don't give the single dads a voice because I think that society kind of... um, cast a shadow on single dads in assuming that the single dad acquired the child um, by, you know, not so good means. So today we're going to give voice to the voiceless. We're going to give voice to the single dads who are numb with responsibility and we're going to let them speak their story of raising children as a single dad. Because typically in society, most single parents are the mother. The mother usually gets the custody. But what about when the father gets custody? So today we're gonna give a voice to the voiceless and let the dad speak in part one of single parenting, the dad's point of view. I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be inspirational. And I know it's going to encourage, inspire, and uplift those dads who are showing up every day as single parents. So come to the table. We got lots to talk about. Let's go. Welcome back to Tables Parlay, where we parlay conversation into inspiration. And so now we're going to talk about single parenthood from the dad's point of view, because I think sometimes dads get the the raw end of the deal. And uh, sometimes they're numb with responsibility because no one really sees them or hears their point of view. So tonight we're going to talk about single parenthood from a dad's point of view. Uh, We have a great guy from Minnesota, my buddy, Andy. He's going to tell us a little bit about himself and uh, we'll get going. Let's talk about single parenthood. According to the U.S. Census report in the United States, um, 25.8% of the population is headed by single parents. That's huge. Millions of households are headed by single parents. I was raised by a single parent. 83% of those single parents are usually mothers or they're widowed or they're single mothers that have never been married. Um, 70% of that is black children that are headed by single black mothers. But the statistics are increasing more and more for single dads. 16.1% of the population are headed by single parented dads. And for that cause, I wanted to really give some love to the single dads today. Um, No one ever highlights single dads who are integral in raising children by themselves. So today we're going to talk to Andy. He's going to tell us his experience about single dads. How are you doing, Andy? How are you doing tonight? I'm, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Great. I appreciate you telling us your story um, and hopefully inspiring and encouraging other single dads that are out there. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where yeah, you're from? Yeah, so, absolutely. So my name is Andy. I am from Minnesota, just, just outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota. I have, did I say I'm 40? So I'm 40 years old. Whatever um, you're comfortable with, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if I said that already. I, kinda, uh-huh. I already went into a, a little bit of a blackout where I forgot what I was saying. So, uh-huh. um, 
Um, yeah, so 40 years old, I have a daughter who is seven and a son who is five. Um, I've had them, we split up just, a, just after my son's second birthday. So I'm coming up on, you know, three and a half, coming up on four years of doing this. I can't really say that it's on my own. I have my kids 50% of the time. Oh, you have them 50% of the time. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. So I split that with their mom. Um, I work in, in construction. Okay. Um, so I, you know, that's kind of the gist of it. Um, Can I ask you, were you raised by a single parent? You could kind of say that. I had a dad who was either working or at the bar. Okay. All right. And so that was um, one of the conclusions I came to when, when my kid's mom, and I, I have a hard time calling her my ex-wife because it kind of puts a negative tone on it right away. So if I, when I refer to her, I usually say my, my kid's mom. That's beautiful. Thank you for um, respecting that. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it, especially when you're talking to people who don't know you or know your situation, it automatically makes them look at her in a negative way. And I, I've never wanted to portray that because I didn't want that to ever come out to my kids or to yes. our kids. Understandable, yes. Um, but yeah, so when, when we divorced, I really um, had this goal of not becoming my father. And I slowly started becoming my father because I didn't have a goal I was working towards. I had something I was trying to avoid. Um, where your focus goes, your energy flows. I'm sure you've heard that quote before. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I started becoming. And it scared me. And so I decided to get sober. Like I wasn't, I mean, I shouldn't, I wasn't like your textbook raging alcoholic, right? But it was okay. a problem. It, mm -hmm. it caused issues, right? It wasn't the leading cause of my divorce, anything like that. It was a, a factor. It was something that was in my life. So I decided to pull the pin on that. So I'm a little over three years alcohol free. Congratulations. Awesome. Thanks. And just really went all in on my kids. So do you feel comfortable telling us how you wound up being the single parent? Because usually the courts will give custody to the mother. So how mm -hmm. did you uh, um, acquire uh, full, well, 50% custody of your children? It's just something that we agreed upon it going into what we were into the divorce. We sat down and had a really good, one of those kind of no holds barred conversations mm -hmm. that things aren't going right. And mm -hmm. we need to model what a healthy relationship looks like for our kids. And we couldn't do that in our house together. Mm -hmm. So we realized we had to, we had to part ways and, you know, hopefully at some point get into a relationship down the road, maybe with somebody else that we can model that for them. Right. That's you know, awesome. and she, and she's got a great boyfriend right now. Who's great to my kids. He lives with them. He's a great guy. I've gotten to know him pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we just agreed when we split up that everything would be 50, 50. Like I, I have my, I have them 50% of the time. I pay no child support. I pay no alimony. Wow. That's a, that's an awesome deal. Cause most dads can't say that. Most dads yeah. can't say that that whole negotiation process is as civil as what you just expressed. So that, that is a blessing to hear that, you know, you both agreed at the table that the children were the most important part of the process. And, and you know, I really wish more people could do that, mm -hmm. could take their differences and put them aside and realize that it's not about you. And you're it's not about money. No, it's about what is best for these children. Right, right. And so I, I guess I've been very blessed to have a mother of my children who can see that too. And not that we don't disagree in buttheads. 
We have uh-huh. plenty of that. Mm-hmm. We're raising, we're raising two kids in two separate houses. They go back and forth. There's, there's things that, you know, we, we talk almost weekly about mm-hmm. what are you doing for bedtime? What are you doing for that? We, right. we communicate pretty well on that. We co-parent really well. Um, but we have differences on, not unlike any married couple would have, right. You know, but it's just, it's adds a little bit more degree of difficulty having them go between two homes. Right. Talk about that, trying to keep the consistency between two households and um, keeping that thread of love and um, consistency between the two co-parenting styles. Discuss that. Sure. Yeah, we, we have very different parenting styles, but I think you find that in a house, in, in a typical family, right? You're going to have a mom and a dad who parent very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do have that. I'm the more laid back. I don't like putting my fist down. Um, and so that's been something that I've really had to work on, you know, cause the kids will see that and they will take advantage yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, she's more of the iron fist. She's very type a, mm-hmm. um, kind of high level executive type position in her job mm-hmm. and deals primarily with men. So that can, that carries over into her parenting style as well. Okay. Um, so, and then so I've, I've adapted that, but also really trying to get on the kid's level when dealing with them. Because a lot of times, you know, seven and five, a lot of times they're not real good at expressing what's going on. Right. So, mm-hmm. so her and we talk about the kids' behaviors. Oh, they're, you know, we got a call from the school nurse just a couple weeks ago that our daughter was leaving class and going down to the nurse a lot. We're like, okay, well, what is she trying to avoid? Mm-hmm. So we met at a local store here. Mm-hmm. Um, and talked with our daughter together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They know that mom and dad are still talking and that we know what's going on. So we know they know that even though we're in separate homes, we're not divided as That's far good. as communication goes. So you work very hard to, to have a united front in front of your kids, despite mm-hmm. different homes. That's awesome. Very, very much so. Yeah, it's, and we ask them quite often. I know I do. Um, I've gotten real big on emotional intelligence and um, I read a lot on that kind of stuff. And what I've, what I really try to stress with them is, and I ask them all the time, do you feel safe and do you feel loved in That's both good. homes? That's and m- my daughter's EQ, she's seven, but her EQ is like on 17. Mm-hmm. She, she's really, really emotionally intelligent. And she, she tells me, yeah, dad, I love our family. Mm-hmm. She goes, I know our family looks different, but I love our family. That's beautiful. That's yeah. good. That means that you've given her consistency and a healthy view of how you parent. That's good. For so sure. thinking of the single dads that are out there, what would you say is the hardest part of being a single dad? Um, the hardest part is not being so critical of yourself. Oh, you're critical of yourself. You think most think single dads are critical of themselves? From so I'm part of a few a few dad groups that are, you know, um and we we talk about stuff. We get on Zoom calls multiple times a week and that's one of the main things that comes up. And not just on single dads, but I mean I can that's the perspective I can speak from because that's my life. But in general, I think dads are just very critical of themselves because they want to be a superhero. Oh, and they can't do it all. We can't do it all, especially as a single dad. Like, I can't be my daughter's mom. I can't be my son's mom. 
Exactly. I'm not her. And, and they need that part of their life. That's why we've, we've worked as hard as we can towards that is I think that the, I think just to really shorten it up, the hardest part of it is knowing that you can't do it all. Okay. And you, and you need to, especially I think if you have a daughter, you, if, if the mom is not involved at all, you need to kind of find that female mentor, if you will, for your daughter. That mother figure, if mm -hmm. the mother's not in, in, the, in the, you know, the daughter's life, you need that mother's figure and, and vice versa as well. For sure. For mm -hmm. sure. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, so what would you suggest for men who may be hypercritical of themselves because they feel like they fall short and trying to do it all? What would you encourage them? What would you suggest? I'd say the biggest thing is give yourself some grace. Yes, that's all. You just, you, you, you're going to have that day. I mean, I just had one of these last Saturday with my kids. I was stress level 10 mm -hmm. and they were, and they can sense that and they push every button. Yes, they They're do. really good at that. Mm -hmm. And they knew it and I knew it and I lost my temper and my voice got loud. I've never, I'm, I, I've never really been much of a physical contact type of dad as far as punishment goes and whatnot. Mm-hmm but I will get loud. And when you're bigger and you're, and you're standing above your children and you're yelling at them or your hand gestures, like your body language is 90% of what you're doing. Oh, that's good to say. Yes. And so I think the biggest thing is take a step back, put yourself in a timeout mm -hmm. and give yourself some grace to, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm going to screw up. And then have that conversation with your kid afterwards where you have a moment like that. Say, Hey, I'm sorry that that happened that's not right of me to do that but i want you to understand your part in this as well that's good you know like this is this is why i got that way it's not an excuse but this is what i need from you moving forward that's good you know and, and i think my kids are just at that age where they understand that that they've played a part in escalating this situation to where it was it's my fault for taking it that much further like i climbed that emotional ladder with them mm-hmm and I think a lot of dads do that. So it's give yourself some grace in those moments when that happens. And take a moment and step back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And don't be afraid to apologize to your kids for your behavior because we're human. Wow. That takes a lot of humility. That's, that's awesome. And it's really hard. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of dads struggle with that. It's okay to say you screwed up. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Takes a lot of courage too. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. My kids have, my kids have seen me cry in moments like that. Wow. And, and it's okay. Like they need to see that side of you too. Yeah. They don't need the authoritarian all the time. That's good. Got to have a good you know, balance. Yeah. They, they can see dad tap into that feminine energy a little bit. That's mm -hmm. okay. And that's, that's okay. part of, that's part of it too. So what do you think has been the biggest stigma towards being a single dad? Um, Cause I gotta well, tell you, I gotta tell you, I, I, I tried to interview several single dads and they kept, mm -hmm. they want to, but then they, they kept falling out of, out of the commitment of telling their story. And I, I, it had me wondering what, why are they apprehensive? And, and so it, it led me to think maybe there's a stigma, societal stigma, or maybe they have their own stigma about being a um, single dad. Um, talk about that. I guess I, I can't think of necessarily a stigma that's attached to it, but I can think of one thing that happens quite often when I'm alone with my kids in public is people think that I'm babysitting. Oh, 
oh, oh, mom must be out on the town or out with her friends. You got the kids tonight, huh? Like, no, I have my kids. They're my responsibility right now. That's and good. I'm not baby. And I think even a dad who's a married father who is out with his kids, don't ever tell somebody I'm babysitting. Right. No, you're, you're raising your children. These are my kids. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm on a date with my kids right now. Right. Right. I do, I do dates with my kids every Saturday. They get to pick what we go and do. That's you pick awesome. the activity and then you pick what we're doing for dinner. Mm -hmm. So I can't, you know, the, I think maybe kind of the opposite of a stigma towards single dads is that maybe the mom did something drastically wrong because the dad has the kids mm -hmm. because it is so prevalent to have the mother have more custody time or all yeah. of the custody time. Right. And then the, and the dad raises the kids financially mm -hmm. or maybe he fails at that too. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a lot mm -hmm. of that. Um, so I, I don't know that there's necessarily a stigma against it. I think a lot of, I mean, why wouldn't guys want to speak about it? I don't understand that. Like, why wouldn't you want to speak out and share your experience as a single father, even if you are failing 90% of the time? You're trying, I, right? Like, I you're, you're it, in. It could go back to what you said earlier, you know, like that self criticalness, that self critique, mm -hmm. you know, and feeling maybe a little bit shame, feeling that maybe I can't do it all, or it could be that, or maybe they're just numb with responsibility. What has been your experience when you were apprehensive of telling your story about being a single dad? You know, I, I don't know that I've ever been very apprehensive about it. I, I really, I lucked out with a group of guys that kind of found me literally a month after my divorce. And I joined this mastermind group and it's, it was the best. I just talked to these guys, our leadership team the other day in this group that I'm in. And I, I told them, I was like, you guys couldn't have found me at the better time. I had recently quit drinking. My divorce had, we had split up in July. Our divorce was final in November. Um, and I found these guys in the month of December. Wow. And I was just in this group. It was all married guys with kids, all family guys. And here I am the single guy Wow! in this group. And I'm just like, I'm just going to pour it out mm -hmm. because I need someone to lean on. Cause as men, when we grow older, we tend to separate from our friends. Like a, a lot of what it seems like a lot of females have kind of that core group of friends and people that they reach out to, that they lean on, mm -hmm. that, that they get together and, you know, do whatever it is that they do together. And guys, we tend to isolate. And we, and I think single fathers, especially you kind of live this, I heard this quote a while back, but a, a quiet life of desperation. Wow. Quiet because life. we isolate and we internalize everything. Yeah. And we don't give ourselves the opportunity to let that out, to be vulnerable and be okay with sharing the good, the bad and the ugly. That's awesome. So you suggest for those single dads out there who live the quiet life of desperation, pretty much to seek out support groups build a circle yeah you'd be you'd be really surprised a lot of guys when you ask them how are you doing oh i'm fine i'm good i'm fine i'm good when people say that to me i always say well how can we get you to great that's awesome like how do we get you to great because fine and good means i don't want to tell you what's going on so I think if you, if you have that one friend who you, you know you kind of relate to and your lives are maybe somewhat similar, or maybe that guy has a thriving marriage, 
and that that's great. You know, you should you should cheerlead that. But at the same time, say, well, this is what I'm going through right now. You ever been through this? That's awesome. You know, you know my kids are doing this. Do you, did your kids ever do that? That's good. A place of vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. You can share and, your heart. Yeah. And guys are scared of that word. Vulnerability. Yep. Yep. I think every guy should read some Brene Brown and <laughs> <laughs> and know that it's okay because there's a lot of power in that. There's a lot of power and vulnerability. That's awesome. Lending to that, how how do you balance work-life balance and take care of yourself? Because uh, being a single parent is sacrificial, period. But being a single dad, you are a provider. You got to do all of this um, to keep everything afloat what do you do to maintain a, a healthy work-life balance and self-care what do you do what do you suggest to dad um make sure that you find that time for yourself even if it's 20 minutes a day okay um i had instituted a, a morning routine um shortly after my split up with my kid's mom of getting up at least a half hour before the kids and do kind of your normal, get up, use the bathroom, brush your teeth, all the normal stuff, right? And then sit down and be quiet and breathe and meditate. You know, use it. There's so many apps out there with guided meditations. Mm -hmm. And this isn't to push anybody into like a, a woo-woo hippie type of thing, but to quiet your mind so that you're ready. You feel like you've taken care of yourself mm -hmm. so that you're not reacting to your kids, right? When they get up, like you can respond to their behavior as they're getting up because they can be hard to get up some mornings. Mm -hmm. Um, or if you have the time and you can, and you have some, like some type of physical movement in the morning, exercise, something exercise. Like and I do that in the afternoon. So I get up before my kids, I do my breathing. I do my meditation. Mm -hmm. I get their lunches ready. We have breakfast together. We get out the door. I go to work on the way home. Not every day that I have them. Um, but on the days the days that I don't have them is when I really pour into the self-care. Mm -hmm. Like I, just before we got on this call, I just got home from the gym. Mm -hmm. So you, you can't fill a cup from an empty cup is That's what true. I was told one time. And it was like, and I notice when I, when I fall out of that self-care that my reaction time is shorter. Right. Like you, you need to do something. So whatever it is you can find to do for yourself, whether it's a short walk or in your, if, if you don't have any of that time in between, say, work and getting your kids, then use that. Hopefully you have a little bit of drive time. Yeah. And you can get, find take something. Take a drive. To, yeah. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I have a half hour commute to and from work. And so I use that for a podcast, an audio book. Sometimes I drive in silence and I just do box breathing. You know, yeah. breathe in for a four count, hold it. Breathe out for a four count, hold it. Um just something to to feel better about going into what could be a chaotic situation. Yes. But if I found it when you come into that, you know, picking the kids up from daycare or school, wherever they're at, if you can come into that with high energy, they will generally respond to you with high energy. Mm -hmm. But if you come into that and you're, you're feeling wore down and you're, you're dragging, like they're going to feed on that. Right. So you have to set the tone. You have to set the tone. You have to set yeah. the tone. That's awesome. So lastly, for the single dads out there, can you share some of your wisdom that you learned along the way um, that single dads may benefit from? There's lots of single dads out there who 
you know, voice needs to be heard, what would you tell them? I would tell them, I'll keep this pretty short and sweet, is be the type of man that you want your son to become and be the type of man that you want your daughter to end up with someday. Awesome. Awesome. And I think if you, if you can, if that can be a goal of yours and something that you work at every day, then it's all going to work out. But if you don't have goals and you don't have a direction that you're working towards, you're going to fall back into whatever behavior has got to you to where you're at now. Right. So. And take care, take care of themselves. They, most important is to take care of themselves. Yes, absolutely. Oh. Our whole, I think our whole job as fathers and even parents in general is to render ourselves obsolete. Oh, wow. So that we, when our children become to the age where they're going out on their own, they don't need you, but they want you in their life. Wow. Render yourself their whole, your whole goal, you said as a father, is to render yourself obsolete. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that they don't need anything from me but me. All they need is my love and my presence. That's awesome. But they're, they're completely sustainable on their own. That's a good father indeed. That's awesome, Andy. Well, yeah. Andy, thank you for all of this wisdom. You're obviously an amazing father. And, I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> so you guys, when you see fathers out there with their kids, they're not babysitting. <laughs> they're handling their business and doing it well, just like Andy. Andy, I want to thank you for your time. You were amazing. I am inspired and I'm not even a single dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for having me on. It was it was awesome. You were amazing. And before we close, can you um, give us your handles, your podcast, website, where people can yeah, so. I just decided last week to start a podcast. So um, it's going to be, it is called Hold Fast Radio this week. And I'm hoping to launch a kind of an intro podcast to that. And then hopefully from there on out, do some solo episodes here and there, short ones, and then do some interview uh, episodes as well in between. So hopefully for sure, at least once a week, drop, awesome. drop something. Um, I'm going to really focus on just the things that are near and dear to me, fatherhood, co-parenting, sobriety, fitness, all of that are things that I'll, I'll touch on, but really no subject will be off limits. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really the only thing I've got right now. I mean, you could search Andy Nelson on Facebook and there's probably a million of us, mm -hmm. uh, but, but hold fast radio. I just started a Facebook page for that. Okay. Um, and then the the podcast will hopefully be available on iTunes, all your normal Platforms. spots where you find. Yeah, yeah, it should be everywhere. Awesome. Well, thank you, Andy, yeah. for your time. You guys look up Andy, um, Hold Fast Radio, Facebook, yep. mm -hmm. and also Hold Fast Podcast, soon to come. Look forward in the next coming weeks. Yeah. Uh, all things dads and all things. Um, that pertain to men and health and, and well-being. So, Andy, thank you for your inspirational um, in story. I'm sure it's going to encourage and uplift many single dads out there. What's next for you going forward? Um, buying a house. I'm in the process of buying a house right now awesome. um, to really kind of get that. I want to solidify and get an anchor point for my kids. That's awesome. We, we've moved a lot in the last four years and I really want to to get them settled down and um 
just kind of have our own place. So that's kind of the stability, which is what single dads do. They bring strong stability. They're the best. That's that's the goal. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Andy. Thank you. And um, I pray God blesses you and your endeavors and gives you more grace as you are raising your children as a single dad, part-time or rather full-time, and keep doing your good work. Trust me, we see you single dads out there. We see you, Andy. We see the Andys out there. Um, going hard and showing up every day. And so God bless you for that. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Hey, you heard it from Andy. Bringing stability to the family. And that's what single dads do. We see you, we hear you, and I want to honor you. Tables parlay. Where we parlay conversation into inspiration, always endeavors to be a voice for the voiceless. And that was our aim today in, in recording this today, is giving a voice to those who often don't speak, and that is our single dads. We honor the Andes in society who show up time and time again to be there for their children. The great evangelist Billy Graham is quoted as saying a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets to our society. And I can't help but to agree. I want to thank every single dad out there showing up, washing the dishes, cooking the food, doing the the girl's hair, taking the boy to practice, negotiating with the ex-wife or the partner, all to be the stability that the family needs. We honor single parents and we honor specifically dads today. I want to thank everyone who came and and to the table today to listen to our story about single dads. And I hope that you guys come back to the table again for part two of single parenting from the mother's point of view. You know what? It's always worth to hear another voice that can change your perspective. So hopefully this episode changed your perspectives about single dads. The greatest mark of a father is how he treats his children when no one is looking. So even when no one is looking, he shows up and he treats his children well. We honor the single dads today. And um, I appreciate everyone that came and listened to the episode. I hope that you come back to the table. And with that, This is Tables Parlay, where we parlay conversation into inspiration. Come back to the table. Until then, blessings. Please support Andy Nelson. He can be reached Facebook at hold, H-O-L-D, fast, F-A-S-T, Andy Hold Fast Andy on Facebook. You can reach him there. His podcast is Hold Fast Radio. Support Andy Nelson as a single father and support all fathers. 